Young investors, you've got a lot to learn, but you probably knew that already. And in all seriousness, it's a challenge to find those resources where you can learn the ins and outs of investing, saving, and preparing for a financial future. Today, Kelly Lannan of Fidelity Investments gives us a primer on how to do it and do it right. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bankadelic. And before we get rolling, just want to highlight some really wonderful news. Jay Poulter Social Advisory just put out a list of 20 financial podcasts you should check out. And Bankadelic was named number three on that list. We could not be happier. A big thank you to Jay Poulter and his crew. And today I want to introduce to you a guest that I was really excited to get on Bankadelic. She's going to tell us about the world of young investors. Kelly Lannan. Kelly is vice president, young investors at Fidelity Investments. She spends her days educating and inspiring young adults to get more engaged with their finances so they feel confident in their money smarts. Kelly lives in Boston with her husband and new puppy, Dolores. What kind of puppy is Dolores? You got to tell me. I love starting with Dolores. I love you already, Lou. Dolores is a little Bernese mountain dog puppy, although little is not exactly the case because she's our... 34 pounds and she's four months old. So uh, yes, Dolores is the new love of my life. Let's put it that way. I wanted to ask you about first off, how Fidelity's younger customers deal with this difficulty in balancing all their savings goals, going on vacation, renting or buying a larger place is something you hear a lot about. How do you approach that? You know, we hear this all the time. We hear that younger customers are stronger savers. They save really well. They're interested in doing more with their money, but they feel intimidated at times. They still lack that financial confidence. And a lot of what they tell us is that it's very difficult to balance both the long and the short-term goals. And in many respects, this is a generation that prioritizes those shorter-term goals over those longer-term goals. You know, for some, going on that spring break trip, as you mentioned, a few months is often just as important to them as saving for a home 10 years in the future. And a lot of the work that we're doing is trying to educate young adults that they can do both balance the short with the long. And we have education and financial tips and tricks to help them do that. When we talk about young investors, generally speaking, what's the age group and what are they like qualitatively? For a lot of people, and Lou, I don't know if you've noticed this in your work, is that often when people are using the term young, they often say, well, you millennials. You know, in fact, that's sometimes not the case. I mean, depending on the research you're looking at in the year range, millennials right now are 40 years old. And to anyone who's listening, 40 is not old. Okay, 40 is the new 30 in my opinion. But what tends to happen is that those who are 40 years old and who are older have just experienced different life events or have different needs than those who are younger. You know, those who are just graduating from college, for example, 
or those who've been out for a few years, or maybe those in their early 30s. So by fidelity, when we're looking at young adults, we're typically looking at those who are under 35 years in age. But even then, Lou, you know, the needs of someone who's a recent college grad is very different than an even 30-year-old. So as a result, we take a lot of pride in our research and really trying to solve for our customer problems at these different life stages. Now, I get something like 300 emails a day. No exaggeration. Lots of people want to be on the podcast. Lots of people are seeking out my opinions about things that are going on. A lot of times it's delete, 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 delete. (laughs) And then I see this email from Fidelity talking about this new app and this new line of services you're doing to help young investors. And I stopped in my tracks. Tell us about what that's all about and some of the things you're bringing to the table. Oh, well, that's music to my ears, Lou. Thank you for even saying that. So the new app that you're referencing is something called Fidelity Spire. And if you only knew how excited I was to talk to you, I'm even more excited about the launch of this app. And this is something that myself and my team have been working on for a little bit now. And what Fidelity Spire is, it's a new free goal-based financial app that's really focused on helping young adults save, plan, and invest for both their short and long-term goals. It's an experience where users can tell us the things that they're spending their money on. They can tell us about these goals. They can track progress in real time towards those goals when they link an account. They can use our one-touch decision tool to compare these different goals against one another, something we just talked about, which comes up time and time again. When they are ready to invest, they can do so within the app. We also have a learn section, our education hub, that's providing financial tips around the goals and the things that young people care about. But, you know, a real goal with this is to provide, you know, a simplified mobile experience to help young adults feel more confident when it comes to their finances. Because at the end of the day, like anything we do at Fidelity, you know, we really want our customers to really live the life they want. And living the life is often a continuum, a spectrum of different types of priorities. How is the app helping people figure out where they lie on that continuum and what they need to do to make their priorities, their dreams come true? Yeah, and that's a great question because really with this experience, what we're looking to do We're really trying to be kind of that lifetime partner with these individuals. The Fidelity Spire experience, although can really help in kind of your shorter term goals, is we have different experience and product lines through Fidelity, which we're really hoping to create that lifetime relationship. But through Fidelity Spire itself, once you tell us about the goals that you care about, not only can we further educate you on them, but we can also have you and help you link an account based upon your timeline of that goal to that goal, and then we actually help track progress in real time. And how we keep you up to date on how you're doing is through spending push notifications, encouraging messaging, letting you know how you're doing, because we can't always expect people to always come back to us. We're not a social media app, we're never gonna be, and so we need to really do our best by meeting people where they are, and sometimes that means sending them a push notification saying, hey Lou, guess what, you're 25% to your goal. And then when they appreciate it, a bigger celebration, like you did it, you know, go out, have that trip, buy that house, we're so proud of you. Now you mentioned two things that really light up the Bankadelic scoreboard. (laughs) Here, which is hidden in the underground bunker in Chicago where Bankadelic's recorded. One is lifetime relationship. That is a tricky thing, right? 
building a relationship involves a long-term commitment and even financial institutions tend to be in it for the short game, how much they can sell. What have you learned about relationships that are developed over time that you think is important to what you're doing? Yeah, I think the first and the most important thing is developing trust with someone. I mean, at the end of the day, Lou, and I'm sure you know as well as anyone in your business, like money touches everything. And we need to ensure that we are educating people on their money. And we need to let them know that we can support them through all their life needs. So whether it is a younger person who just needs help tackling their debt, or someone who is looking to buy their first home, or someone when they are older looking to retire, we need to ensure we're always meeting people at the specific life stage that they need the help in. And so that's something that we talk a lot about. And a lot of it does, you know, result in financial education. You know, Lou, this is something that I am extremely passionate in. You know, when I was growing up and even when I graduated college and entered the quote unquote real world, I was lacking so much of this education. I didn't know that a credit score was something that was important. I didn't know what a 401k was. I made countless money mistakes. And a lot of what we take passion in is educating young adults so they don't make these same mistakes. But if they do, we also want to let them know that we're here for them. Now, you said you didn't know what a 401k was. What is a 401k? <laughs> yeah, we can definitely talk about that story. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I was someone who graduated college in the middle of a recession. And, you know, our graduation speaker like literally said to all of us, you can be anything you want, just maybe not right now. You can only imagine the world I was entering. And I remember with my first job, my manager at the time was telling me about this great benefit called a 401k. And I was like, well, what's that? Same question you just asked me. And he told me, he said, first of all, it's something for your retirement. Lou, I was 22 years old. I was never going to retire. And the second thing he told me is that money was coming out of my paycheck. I was making nothing at that point. So money was keeping <laughs> out of my paycheck and it was going into the stock market. Now, I specifically remember I'm sitting on this chair and like behind me is a TV and it's like, stock market, doom, gloom, down, down, down. I'm like, my money's going in that thing. So, you know, I told him no. And, you know, in fact, I said, heck no. And, you know, what he failed to tell me is that a 401k is an employer sponsored retirement plan. And it's a way for your employer to help you out. It's your employer letting you know, like, hi, Kelly, I care about you. I care about your future. And I'm going to open up this. I'm going to give you access to this account where money can come out of your paycheck and it can go towards your retirement one day. So you don't have to work at this place for 120 years. I also would have loved someone to tell me, because this was also available to me, what a match was. Okay. For all those listening who have heard that before and is like, what is a match? Are you talking to match.com? I'm not talking about match.com. I'm not talking about your soulmate. What I'm talking about is a way for your employer to further say, hey, Kelly, you know, I really like you. I care about you. And what they do is they'll tell me, hey, Kelly, if you put 7% of your paycheck into your 401k, guess what? We'll match that 7%. And we'll give you that free money because we care about you. And that's like free money, okay? It's like free money, never leave free money on the table. So for anyone out there listening who's wondering, hey, should I opt into that 401k? The answer would be absolutely yes, especially all the younger people out there listening because time is on your side. And even though it seems scary with seeing the stock market go down, when you're younger, you can weather the ebbs and flows of the stock market because you're not gonna need that money for a while. When you are approaching this idea of educating young adults, how do you introduce them to these need-to-know topics and get them to listen? That's a hard thing to do, but you know. 
a big thing we find is doing exactly what I just did with you. I told you a story. You know, I made it real. I wasn't just a random article that someone reads and they can't relate to. So a lot of what I do personally in educating, you know, young adults across the country, and I've visited colleges, institutions, classrooms, everything, is tell stories. Tell people my mistakes, tell people what I've done right, and tell people what I've learned along the way. And so that's really powerful. The other thing too, Lou, that I just want to point out, especially in our digital world, we have also found that through the decision-making process, virtual simulations, gamification, where people are actually going through and making decisions either for themselves or just like a hypothetical figure, that is how people learn. People learn best by doing. We've also found, again, especially pointing to our digital world, that a combination of reading, seeing charts, seeing graphs, as well as watching videos in small snippets is a very powerful way to educate people as well making it about them, showing up in the avenues that they want and kind of hitting all the different senses has been a really powerful thing. And at the end of the day, you know, and this is young, old people of all ages, is we all got a lot going on. We've already talked about priorities a lot today and you don't want to spend too much time. You need small bite-sized chunks, the moments that they're either going through something or anticipating it. If we know someone's close to retirement, that's the time to hit them with education. If we can see that they've maybe just opened up a 529 account, Probably means they have a kid. Send education their way. They're paying off their student debt. Send out articles there. So it's also anticipating the needs of our users when sometimes they don't. Wow. Storytelling, so key. Not just finance. It could be some obscure genre of music. It could be astrophysics. But if someone sits down and tells you a story, we're all wired that way, right? From an early age, mommy, daddy, tell me a story. It's why we go to movies. It's why we read novels. I give you a lot of credit for incorporating storytelling into what you do. And making fun of myself a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, don't ask me about the time in my life where I had no checking account. <laughs> I wish I could say that was like in my teenagers. That was into my late 20s. Anyway, <laughs> we'll save that for another round. <laughs> that's a three-part podcast series. Now, this is really an opinion question. You've got these goals. You've got these plans. You're smart. You're making money. And suddenly your world is turned upside down. And just getting through day to day is a heartbreak. What are you telling your friends that are going through times like these that would reassure them in a bedrock sort of way that, yes, you can still do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Kelly, with my non-financial hat on, it's definitely through a lot of compassion and also telling people, yes, there's much larger things, but it's still okay to feel hurt. You know, it's still okay to feel upset. My financial Kelly over here, especially friends in certain industries, the first thing I would tell everyone is to make sure you have an emergency fund. Now, this is something that goes back, you know, even when you're kids, you always have money set aside. And my parents, great people, like they didn't share a lot with me, but they would always tell me, make sure you have money, save aside. And so I would tell anyone that the number one step always in terms of budgeting, planning, whatever you want to call it, is make sure you have money set aside in case the unexpected happens. And you know, now more than ever, if there is any sort of silver lining in the financial world, people are actually pausing and taking time and taking an inventory of their finances, something many haven't done in quite some time. So if you feel as though your job is in a vulnerable position, take a step back, 
evaluate your emergency fund and make sure that you have enough money set aside. We recommend three to six months of those essential expenses just in case the unexpected hits your life. The unexpected hit this podcast today because I didn't expect to take so many mental notes and filing them in my Rolodex for things I run into. Kelly, what a pleasure. Going to plant this seed already. We've got to have you back on the podcast at some point. Thank you so much. I could not be more happy. And as I was telling you earlier, Lou, like Chicago, it's on my list. Dying for some deep dish. I like the Cubs, even though I'm a Red Sox fan. But yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. So nice to meet you. And yeah, I can't wait to come back. We've got you covered. Kelly Lannon is Vice President, Young Investors at Fidelity Investments. She is based in Boston. You can look for Kelly on LinkedIn. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. Kelly? Kelly? This is Baby Banker. Kelly, tell me a story. Please, tell me a story. The, the, the story from the banking podcast. You heard the story. Tell me the story. You know the story, the one that's called... Three, Three bullet, bullet points. points. Number one. Younger customers are stronger savers. They save really well. They're interested in doing more with their money, but they feel intimidated at times. They still lack that financial confidence. And a lot of what they tell us is that it's very difficult to balance both the long and the short-term goals. Number two. Money touches everything. And we need to ensure that we are educating people on their money. And we need to let them know that we can support them through all their life needs. We need to ensure we're always meeting people at the specific life stage that they need the help in. Number three. A big thing we find is doing exactly what I just did with you. I told you a story. You know, I made it real. I wasn't just a random article that someone reads and they can't relate to. So. Tell stories, tell people my mistakes, tell people what I've done right, and tell people what I've learned along the way. And now in place of Lou's views this week, we're going to have Jen's views. Jen is Genevieve Carlozo. She is my daughter. She is a junior at Lane Tech High School in Chicago. And at age 16, she has a lot of questions about investment. I'm gonna let Jen express that in her own words. 
Hi, so my name is Genevieve, as my dad said. So right now, I am doing an internship with One Summer Chicago. This is one of my first jobs I've ever had. I did it last summer and I'm doing it this summer. And this is one of the first times in my life I've actually been paid to like do something other than like doing chores around my house. So when it comes to investing, I feel like it's a really overwhelming topic, especially for teens like my age. Like I really don't know how. I'm like, I'm really confused on where exactly to start. Like how do you know what to trust and know what's good and know like, oh, this site is gonna lead me in a direction where I can figure out more information, like what's a scam? So just with investing, I feel like one of my questions would be like, where exactly do you start? Cause I feel like with information on the internet, it can be very confusing to figure out what's real and what's not. Jen, who is that growling in the background? Uh, that's our dog Suki, just ignore him. Suki knows about investing in milk bones. In fact, he's got a milk bone empire. So we thought we would just add that in case you were wondering. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And when I'm all done those Chicago dogs, I'll be linked out. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Contrarian New Media, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.